productivity. Sing it with me. Welcome guys, what an introduction. It's another episode of the Productivity Project with your host, Kat. That's me. Last week I didn't sing an intro and this week I am back with a vengeance. I hope you all enjoyed that little ditty. And I had another fairly full week after my week off the previous week with COVID on my COVID holiday. (laughs) Anybody else in that state where like they have so much on that when you get sick, you feel like you have been gifted this (laughs) reward of time off? Just asking for a friend. Anyway, after my COVID holiday, my daughter then got staff. I didn't even know this was a thing. Like, honestly, what is their hygiene? Like, how do they get these things? Like, there are so many childhood illnesses and infections and bacterial things that I had no idea even existed. Like, it's insane. It's disgusting. Anyway, um, that was fun. So she was and she is okay, which is, of course, the most important thing. But it did mean a bit of a disrupted week when it came to what I had planned. So past me would have either written the week off and ended up in a sort of beast mode maniac state the following week, which isn't pretty for anyone close to me, including myself. Or tried to make everything work and fit just how it normally would in a normal week and ending up falling in a heap, feeling like a failure, even though I wasn't. And if these two states sound familiar for you, it's because this is often the way we are conditioned to approach life when it comes to our, wait for it, our output. We are conditioned to this life of you know, eight hours minimum of mandatory work a day in a sort of unwritten social universal expectation. And we are expected to operate at this consistent pace for those eight hours a day, at least five days a week. But that's just not life. We are not machines. And I know that we all know this, But it is surprising how easily we forget this when it comes to, you know, anything that disrupts, in inverted commas, the time we have allocated to work. But the truth is time spent doesn't immediately equal value. So you can spend four hours with your child, for example, but it's not actually the spending of the time that gives that relationship value. It's what you do with that time. So on this topic, some studies have shown that spending as little as 15 minutes, one-on-one, quality, engaged, non-distracted time with your child is highly valuable to their relationship with you. In contrast, and this is fairly black and white, but say, for example, you know, you're home with your child for four hours and because you feel like you should be with them, you're in the same room as them, for example, but you feel so behind on work that you're tapping away at your laptop the entire time. This isn't likely going to deliver the same amount of value as that 15 minutes, even though on paper it's a much larger chunk of time. 
And this is not a parenting podcast and this is not a judging whether you spend 15 minutes or four hours or four weeks with your child or your children. (laughs) And there are times where we just need to or even we want to work or do something different when our children are home and that is okay. But I wanted to share this to really try and demonstrate where the value comes from when we think about productivity in terms of what we do with our time rather than how much time we spend. Because this is honestly the pivotal game changer when it comes to us starting to reduce the amount of time we feel we have to spend working, especially as service providers. So this actually brings me that little tangent, the trip down memory lane. It's not memory lane, the trip down. Anyway, whatever lane, the trip down the lane (laughs) brings me to the topic of this week's episode, which is time blocking. Now, most of you listening, if you are a service provider or in a client serving business or role, most of you are probably likely already doing some form of time blocking. So if you have meetings or calls or one-on-ones, you will likely book these out in your diary using either a digital or paper calendar. And then it might be, you know, anything on the spectrum of the rest of the day being largely undocumented for whatever better word. And you'll sort of determine what you'll do as you move through your day Or you might be a militant down to the minute allocator of the little color coded blocks in your calendar. And neither is a superior or better approach. Honestly, if you have a system or lack of system that works for you, where you feel like you are able to get what you need to get done in the most efficient way or even the most enjoyable way, then that is the sweet spot, not subscribing to someone else's version of what good planning is. But for most of us, running a business with multiple clients, juggling this with our own business and any side projects, possibly another job, parenting, family life, all the other pieces of the life pie, like you know, trying to bloody exercise and I don't know, drink green powder and do yoga and all of those other things that Instagram tells us we should do. Most of us need some sort of plan or framework to make all these things happen. But often what happens is this. Now, some of these statements might sound eerily familiar. So have a listen and see if you identify with any of these. You block out six hours to complete a design project for a client, which then blows out to nine hours and you still don't finish the project. You're constantly moving time blocks you set yourself to the following day, which then pushes everything out to the following day and then the following week and so on. You should, in inverted commas, be able to fit everything in on paper and you allocate breaks and buffers So you don't understand why you can never stick to your plan. You try to stick to the time blocks you set for appointments with yourself for exercise, deep work, but they always get overwritten and you don't know how to stop this happening. Now, if you're feeling personally victimized by any of these statements, number one, you're in good company because for a start, I've identified with one or all of these at some point. And number two, you might be tempted to throw time blocking in the bin 
because what's the point if you never stick to it? The thing is, time blocking your day can be a really effective tool when it comes to creating a plan and a flow for your day that feels manageable, that helps you stay on track with the things that you know you want to focus on, and also as a guide for you when it comes to how you're going with living your values or the goals you've set for yourself. As a service provider, even if you have moved beyond charging by the hour, blocking your time can be a really helpful method in letting you know how long things are taking you to do and how much time you're spending on something so that you can make sure your package or pricing is priced accordingly. But how do we do it in a way that actually works? So step number one is audit before you block. So before you implement something like time blocking, spend a week or two tracking your tasks in terms of the time they take. So if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about Parkinson's law, which is the concept that a task will fill the time that you have allocated for it. So even if something could be done in 30 minutes, if you have allocated two hours for it, it's likely you'll use the full two hours to do the task, whether it actually takes that long or not. This also explains why you often hear people say, I work better under pressure. It's not necessarily that we produce better work under pressure. What's more likely is that we can make things happen in the time we give ourselves to make them happen in. So tracking your tasks in terms of the time they do to take you to complete might really surprise you when it comes to planning out how much you can fit into a week. So most people will overfill their days and weeks and commit to completing way too much. And pushing ourselves to complete more than we think we can or, you know, challenging ourselves to complete a certain set of tasks or a certain task by a certain time can give us a little bit of incentive and motivation and working to a deadline can often, you know, encourage us to get started on a task or to finish a task. So I'm not suggesting that you never challenge yourself, but most of the time we do commit to completing way more than our time that we have available to us to work actually allows us to complete or to complete well. So You can track your tasks and record the time they take using either your digital calendar or a simple spreadsheet or even a pen and paper, but I always do recommend using something digital that you can easily edit and move things around in. So step one is to audit how long tasks are actually taking you. So kind of reverse engineer your time block rather than blocking a time for a task. Spend a week or two actually just doing the task, seeing how long it takes you and recording that. Step two, while you're auditing your tasks in terms of time, audit your energy. So this is the energy level a certain task takes or gives. For example, a two hour Zoom call might leave you feeling really drained while an hour of creative writing might leave you buzzing and excited or vice versa, depending on the type of person you are. You might feel like the quick tick thrill of admin is energizing and motivating and while it can be to a point, 
often this type of work leaves our brain drained without us really realizing what's happened and wondering why we're feeling kind of off for the rest of the morning or the day. So auditing your energy instead of just meticulously tracking your time and how long you spend, you know, weeing or getting snacks or scrolling on social media when you generally have an idea of how much time you're spending on that stuff anyway, although sometimes it can surprise you. (laughs) Auditing your energy will give you valuable intel on how you can apply a structure to your day that works for you. So this is where it gets really customized to you, allowing for the things that drain our energy. So, you know, perhaps scheduling in a buffer to break or regroup instead of just scheduling in a task on top of something that you've just finished that's a little bit draining. And, you know, making sure that we're doing enough of the things that light us up, for want of a better phrase, and refresh us. So you can do this by adding a column in your task tracking spreadsheet from step one or a little note in your calendar entries, whatever works for you. So we're now at step three. Now you've got your data on how long your tasks take you and what your corresponding energy levels are like. You're going to have a much clearer picture of what an effective week will look like for you. And an effective week is not a week where you have completely maxed out your hours and packed yourself to the hilt and you're back to back and filling every single minute. An effective week is where you are able to move through the tasks that you need or want to do for that week to bring you closer to achieving what you want to achieve without completely burning yourself out, working all of your available hours and feeling pulled in a million different directions. So once you've audited how long your tasks take and what your corresponding energy levels are like, you will have that picture or at least be closer to having that picture of what your effective week will look like. So step three is bringing steps one and two together And aligning them with the goals that you have for your week. And if you don't have goals for your week or your month or even your year yet, that's okay. But listen to episode 24 of this podcast on goal setting. Work through your goal setting exercise and then come back to this step. So the key to making time blocking work for you is the mindset shift that you are in charge of how your week unfolds and a good way to tell you or to tune in to how you want your week to unfold is to look at the goals that you've set yourself for the year or if you've broken them down into months or weeks because this will tell you what you want to be doing with your life, with your time every single day. So time blocking is not a way of life. Time blocking is a tool that you're implementing to help your brain, which is naturally primed for distraction, to stay on track with the goals that you've set for yourself and the things that you need or want to get done. So this is how we break down how we want to live our life. This is how the goals that we've set for ourselves can translate into us actually living the life that we want to live. And not just subscribing to some militant, you know, plan on paper that never seems to work, that always gets pushed out and that leaves us feeling frazzled and like a failure when we are really not. So when you align time blocking with realistic expectations when it comes to how long your tasks are taking you, your energy levels and how these fluctuate through the day and what your long term goals are, 
you can finally start to implement a time blocking system that actually works for you. So I could honestly talk about this all day, but I hope this has helped give you some food for thought on creating a time blocking or planning system that works for you. This was fairly high level, but this is the beginning of the content that we will be working through in my upcoming mini course, which I announced on Instagram on Friday night. That is my wild Friday night, guys. This is life at 39, wild Friday nights in announcing mini courses. Some would say I impulsively announced it, but given this program has been in the works for the best part of a year, I don't think there's anything impulsive about it. So the program is called The Bandwidth Blueprint, and it is my complete blueprint for booked out service providers. So whether you're a VA, social media manager, OBM, copywriter, freelancer, tech ninja, coach, PA, EA, all the A's, To help you build a work life you love that doesn't mean working all of your available hours and leaving leaves you with the capacity to actually achieve your goals without just throwing more time you don't have at the problem. So in summary, if you are a solo roller max the eyeballs with already limited hours, if you feel like you're spending all your spare time working If you're sick of just watching every other business owner apparently run their entire operation from the pool, like honestly, and if you're wondering how on earth you're ever going to find the time to make your own business goals come to life, this program is for you. It'll be a really fun, really transformative and more importantly, easy to digest and implement mini course complete with ready to install templates to help you actually integrate what you learn instead of just, you know, leaving it collecting dust somewhere at the back of your Googie drive for, I don't know, two years. Not, you know, not talking about personal experience at all. So I have opened my waitlist now. The program will be kicking off in late April. So if you are a booked out or busy service provider who is ready to actually do the things you started your business to do without burning yourself to a complete husk in the process, here's what you need to do. So follow me on Instagram at cathunter.va and DM me bandwidth. You can just send that word to me. I know you're time poor. You don't have to say, hey, happy Friday and all the other things that, you know, you would normally introduce yourself with. I don't mind. Bandwidth is enough for me. DM me bandwidth to waitlist yourself. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you all next week for another episode of The Productivity Project. Bye for now, gang.